bless you and I honour you. You know, it's the end of the first half of the year. It's end of June. It's going to be July next week. It's crazy. But I, I thought, you know, our word for the year is fruit, more fruit, much fruit and everlasting fruit. And so I thought, what a good time to take stock of where we're at. What a good time to just look over what we've been doing, what God's been using us to do, and just take stock and see what's happening. You know, last week I know I preached a real uh, rally cry message, stirring us up, but I, I was passionate last week to encourage us and inspire us that we need to understand our identity in Christ, that we need to recognize who we are, that we are royalty, and that we can achieve what God has for us to achieve, that we can't limit ourselves by what we see in the natural, but recognizing that, that God is able to come through for us. And this week, I really feel compelled by the Holy Spirit to teach a truth today. I believe it's going to bring personal freedom and I believe it's going to encourage you by the benefits of doing life the way God has commanded us to do life. And so, it's, a, uh, it's actually a, a message title that I spoke in 2021 to us as a, as a church. And uh, this morning, I was like, it's, it's the same title, but it's a message that we need to hear. And it's so pertinent and paramount for what we're going through at the moment. And uh, I'm excited uh, to preach this this morning, and I've entitled it Roots Over Fruits, the unseen necessity, living Christian. You can't just be Christian by name, we've got to do Christianity, we've got to be Christianity, we've got to live out Christianity. So let me pray as we come around the Word this morning. Heavenly Father, as we open your Bible today, your Word to us, Word of life and word of love. God, I pray that it would encourage us, equip us, challenge us and inspire us to be who you've called us to be. In Jesus' name I pray. And everyone said? Amen. 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 John chapter 15. Uh, I'm going to do a little bit differently this morning, church. As we go through uh, John chapter 15, uh, I'm going to pause at different parts of uh, this passage, verses 1 through to 13. I'm just going to pull out a whole bunch of uh, short, snappy truths and then we're going to go really deep and we're going to go through uh, how we're going to apply this to our life and what it is able to do for you and I. But let's start in verse 1 of chapter 15. Jesus said this, he said, I am the true grapevine and my father is the gardener. First of all, spending time with the gardener is the key. The fact that it says gardener, that he's the gardener, means that there's intentionality in it that it's designed, it's not spontaneous, it's not by happen chance, it's intentional. God has planted the vine and He is the gardener. It goes on, He has cut off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit and He prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. You see, the pruning is good. It's not a restart though, it's not a cutting off at the roots, it's just a cutting back so that more is able to come. It's not a restart, it's a refresh. You've already been pruned and purified by the message I've given you. You know, when Jesus said, come and follow me and I will show you how to fish for me. See, the pruning was a separation of the world for those disciples. It was to come out of the world, not leaving the world, but coming out of the ways 
of the world. The message Jesus gave us, come and follow me and I will show you how to fish for men. Then he says, remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. You see, a fruitfulness apart from God is not fruit you want. Because you, if you are being fruitful without God, then I can confidently tell you as Jesus did that that's all the reward that you'll get. You'll have no eternal reward. The reward that you are living in in that moment is all the reward that you'll get. Jesus said, yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. You know, church, if you are tired, if you are worn out, can I tell you that you just might be striving for something that God doesn't want you to be striving for in this moment. Sometimes there is a battle, there is often a fight. But if you feel like you are carrying that fight yourself, if you feel like you're carrying that burden yourself, or it's always a fight, it's always a burden, there's never breakthrough, can I encourage you? You need to come and to lean into God and to lean on God. He's the one that you can put your weight on. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. You know, it's not that God is mean. It's our choice. It's, it's your choice. It's my choice. When we choose to not remain in God, we become useless. We throw away our potential. We throw away the goodness of God. We throw off the constraints of the commandments. We throw off the potential, and so we become useless. We choose not to be useful. Now, but I, I, I love this next statement, verse 7. But if you remain in me, and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want, and it will be granted. See, not only are we building the kingdom of God by being fruitful, but God blesses upon blesses. So if we choose to separate ourselves, we throw away the potential. But if we remain in Him, not only do we be fruitful for the purpose of the building of the kingdom, but God blesses upon blesses us. It's like the old saying, blessed to be a blessing. It's not just blessed, it's blessed to be a blessing. Next slide, verse 8. Jesus went on and said this, when you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to the Father. You know, the more we produce fruit, the more it glorifies God. And as I thought about this, what's the, what's the purpose of this? What's the purpose of glorifying God? God? God is not in need and He's not in lack. So God doesn't need us to glorify Him to be glorified. The glorification of the Father reveals Him to the world around us. There is purpose in the glorification of Jesus. As we serve, as we be fruitful and multiply... It brings glory to the Father. Jesus brought glory to the Father. And what did it do? It drew people into relationship. That's the purpose of glorifying God. It's not just a statement that we glorify God. Is that we are to glorify God, that we are to make Him glorious before the world around us, that the world's like, oh, no way, wow, yes. And there's this attraction in towards the Father. Verse 9, I have loved you. 
even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. How do we remain in his love? Jesus answers, when you obey my commandments, you remain in my love. Just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. You see, his commandments are his love because they're for us. We benefit by the living and the outworking of the commandments of God. They're for our good. Sometimes restriction, constraint, self-control, it protects us. It serves us well. It saves us from hurt and pain. There is purpose to the restriction. Blessed to be a blessing. I've told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. Why follow the commandments? Why remain in the way God says to? Because of what it produces for us. Your joy will overflow. When we live the way that God has intended us to live, it causes joy to flow. It gives us strength. We are outworking the freedom of our relationship with Christ. You see, the world has a, has a freedom policy. That it's my body, it's my way. That what I do to me affects me. It just Even within that statement, it's just not true. Because it doesn't just affect you. It affects the future you. It affects those that are going to be a part of you. And it affects those around you because it changes you. This freedom policy is, is fake. It's false reality. It, it's not real. It's not able to be proven and outworked because it's not the truth of God. Anything that it is opposite of the truth of God is not freedom. So the freedom policy of the world is that, well, I am my own God. Well, just look at the world around you. Look at what nation does against nation. Look at what man does against man just to see when self becomes God, when we serve oneself. That's not the answer. The only freedom that we can fully know is the freedom of the truth of Christ, that we will know the truth and the truth will set us free. Don't, don't get caught up in fancy catchphrases. Stay grounded and founded in the truth of the Word of God because it is the only way to real freedom. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. I love this. It's like the grand finish. It's like the final statement, the mission statement. Come on, love one another to love. He wraps this all up, this whole passage with this statement that he proved himself to love, to love one another, to live for one another, to live selflessly for one another. Two thoughts that I want to launch off the back of this passage with. First of all, it's a grapevine. I love that. It's significant. Because vines spread. Fruit trees, one place. But a vine, it can spread. Salvation to all the world. Alone as branches, you and I, we can't, we can't even stand. Severed from the vine, we very quickly die. We have to be in community. We have to stay within the body of Christ to be able to be fruitful. To live a part of the body is to start to live towards death. 
We can't do it and you can't do what God has asked you to do when you try and stand alone. I, I love the picture of what a vine gives us because vines fall over the wall, they fall over the fence, they fall over the string of wire, whatever they are growing on, they fall on every side. And I love the picture that that gives of the body of Christ because some are over here, some are over there, some are of this sway, some are of that sway. But all together, we all meet in the unity of the root, the vine of Jesus Christ. It brings us all together, all the different flavors, all of the different impact reaching out, but it all comes back to the central point we meet as we focus on Christ. Without Christ, we are weak and we are insufficient to stand on our own. We need to be a part of the family. And the beautiful thing is that Christ wants us a part of the family. Secondly, it is our mandate to not live for ourselves, but to live for one another. As we serve one another, as we love humanity the way Jesus loves humanity, that's when we're going to see revival. That's when we're going to see something amazing take place. So I want to encourage you this morning, don't get caught up defending yourself. Because even in probably the, the, the time of, that was most pertinent to Jesus' ministry, he could have defended himself, but he chose not to. It's not about seeking justice for oneself. It's not about saying, well, this isn't right, or, you know, that's wrong, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fight this. Because what ha- can happen is we can quickly slip into fighting the human rather than the ideal that that human is fighting for. There are causes in our world that people are very loud about. I want to encourage you, don't fight the person, fight the cause. But don't fight the cause in a way that you end up fighting the person. Because we're in wrestle against people. We are wrestling for people. We are trying to wrestle on their behalf to win them into the kingdom of God. Let humans around you every day know that you're fighting for them. You don't know where someone's up to. So put a smile on your door. Speak out a truth. Speak out an encouragement. Say something to someone that's going to help them just to get through to the end of that that day or inspire someone. Pay for someone's petrol. Pay for someone's, you know, coffee. I love, there's someone in this room right now that every time they go through a drive-thru, they pay for one of the coffees for the person behind them. I love that. How good is that? You know, what an opportunity we have in the world around us to show the love of God. You know what else? It's our mandate to get down into the dirt and to work. Because if our father is the gardener, then he is our example. My key thoughts for us for today start with fruit. What is the fruit that Jesus was referring to? Well, if Christ is the vine then you and I are Christians. If it's to follow Christ, it's to live out Christianity. We must be fruitful. When you look at a vine, what do you look for? Grapes. Or when you look at Christ, what do you look for? You should look for Christianity. This is the fruit, the Christian attitude, Christian disposition. It's the Christian commitments, the Christian enterprises, a Christian life and a Christian conversation that should be our fruit. We must honour God and do good and exemplify the purity 
the fruits of righteousness, the fruits of the children of God. That's bearing fruit. We must be fruitful, Jesus said. We must live out Christianity to imitate Christ. All the fruits of righteousness as ambassadors in spreading the good news of Jesus Christ. Matthew 7, 16, Jesus said this, you can identify them by their fruit. That is, by the way they act. Can you pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So again, take stock, middle of the year. What's going on in your world? How are you acting? How do you act when you're seen and how do you act when you are unseen? Are you getting frustrated? Are you becoming impatient? Do things anger you? How do your kids see you acting? How do your neighbours see you acting? How do your colleagues see you acting? How do the people in the world around you see you acting? Because by your fruit, they will know. Are you getting compassionate, empathetic and caring? What are you producing? James chapter 3 puts it like this. Does a spring of water bubble out with both fresh water and bitter water? Does a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs? No. And you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. We are to bring glory to the Father. You know, if the world doesn't like you, why would they like God? If the world doesn't enjoy being around you, why would they enjoy being in church? Why would they enjoy being around God? If you're not representing Jesus well, then why would they want to come? The other thing as well, if you're not living out the abundance of God, then you're not displaying the fruitfulness of being a child of God. So we've got to work out, okay, what's blocking that fruit? What's stopping that fruit? What's holding us back? Everything about this, in your speech, your faith, your conduct, your love, and your purity, do we bring glory to God? In your business dealings, in your family commitments, in your workplaces, in your daily interactions, do you bring glory to the Father? Are you living Christian? If you're not acting the way you know you should be, then it's really simple. Just stop, pivot, and change. Don't, don't, don't get sucked into a cycle of condemnation because there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. So if you think this morning, oh yeah, you know what, Pastor Joe, I probably haven't been acting how I should. Or maybe, maybe the Holy Spirit's prompting something that you even did this week. Oh, I missed it there. That's okay. Just stop. Pivot and change the way you are living. Make a decision every morning. No, I'm going to live like this. No, I'm not going to go to work with that attitude. No, I'm not going to approach this situation with, with that attitude. I'm going to choose to approach it the way God would want me to approach it. If you've been living a certain way, that's okay. Just stop, pivot, and change. Start to live the way that you know you can live each and every day. Don't make it difficult. Don't make it a mountain. Just start with one foot in front of the other. Small changes, simple changes. It's the simple gospel. It's the simplicity of the beauty of the family of God. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You know the purpose of the fruit? 
is to be fruitful and even more fruitful. Souls. It's not just to have lots of fruit. There is purpose in all of that fruit. You know, I was uh, finishing off our awning out there with Joel this week. I don't even know what side he's sitting on today. I saw him come in. Anyway, Joel the legend. And uh, he was chatting to me about this mandarin tree in his backyard. And he said, Joe, the Holy Spirit gave me this really cool thought this, this week. He's like, this tree is really fruitful. Like, it's not fruit or more fruit. It, it's much fruit. It's really, really fruitful. And he noticed something that under the weight of the abundance, the branch was leaning over. Is bending under the weight because there was so much fruit. You know, sometimes it's difficult in life as Christians to produce the fruit. But once we start producing the fruit, it doesn't mean it's going to get easy because then you've got to be able to carry the weight of the fruit that you and I are producing. But I love that Jesus doesn't leave us out there on a limb, so to speak. It's my dad joke for the morning. Thank you, guys. Appreciate that. <laughs> he is the vine, and you and I are the branches. When we remain in Him, we are able to produce much fruit. You and I can handle the weight of the abundance that God wants you and I to be living out. Connected to the vine, Jesus is able to take the weight. Have a look at these two verses here. Three verses, sorry. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 to 30. And Jesus said, come to me, all who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. I love the way that the message writes of this. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Come on, Jesus is always the answer, church. You know, I think sometimes even under the weight, we start to walk away and we start to get jaded or we start to, to think that, well, maybe, maybe this isn't what I want, but I can encourage you that there is no other answer other than Jesus. And when you not only work for Him, but you work with Him and you work from Him, you are going to be able to handle what God has got for you. It's not ill-fitting. God knows you intimately. I love that verse where it says that He knows the number of hairs on our head. I know I mentioned it last week, but it's really been playing on my mind lately because what useless information, in my opinion. I mean, who cares? Who cares how many hairs are on your head? But it just shows the level of detail that God knows about you. He knows you so intimately. Everything about you even to the extremities of the number of hairs on your head. Like that says to me that my Father knows me, that He knows me well. 
that he knows what I'm going through, he knows what he wants to take me through, that he knows what he's got for me to do. So the next thing I want to talk about this morning is the soil, cultivating the soil, the dirty work, the stuff that we sometimes don't want to have to do, but can I tell you that it's the, in, it's the unseen necessity. It's important. If we don't do the work in the soil, we will never be able to produce what God wants us to produce. First of all, we need to uproot the wrong roots. The stuff that shouldn't be there, got to get it out. But the stuff that should be there, we've got to tend to it, nurture it, like the gardener. I was uh, in a field one time in uh, Mexico, uh, and this particular part of the mission trip I was on was to, uh, it was called Ranch Week. It was to take care of the ranch because on this ranch was what was used to produce all of the food to support all of the missionary families, 18 missionary families that were out in the literal heart of Mexico, places where you just shouldn't go. And uh, they, it, was, it was wild. Like the, the day that myself and my younger brother Nathan got there, uh, the, uh, one of their pastors had been shot in one of the town squares literally the day before. It's just a wild place over there. They'd literally uh, dress trucks up like the missionary trucks and come into towns. And people would come out thinking they were about to receive food and they'd drop the tailgate and pop, 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 pop. Crazy lifestyle. You know, in a moment, you could be seeing Jesus. It's just wild over there. And one of the weeks that we had to do to make the mission work was to do ranch week. And we got given a machete on, on like day two or three me and my brother, and, and the guy tells us, now, they were hard, and I know that they were testing us, and they were putting us through it, because we were these two young bucks from Australia coming over to do our thing. We actually asked if we could go for six months, and uh, we'd taken time off work and deferred uni and all this, and they could, they could only uh, guarantee our safety month by month, and so Dad said, oh, I'd like a return ticket bought, please, Joe. <laughs> Anyways, they give us these machetes in the morning, and they're like, all right, we need you to go out and uh, weed the field. We're like, okay, weed, field, field sounds big, that, no problem. So they take us in the truck out in the field and they're like, this one. <laughs> I'm like, okay, sure. I'm just looking, I'm like, why? It's huge. Like this field is ginormous. And it's like, and we've got a machete each, a two of us. And we're like, so we're out there and we're slashing these weeds, slashing these weeds. I asked them at the end of the day, I was like, why bother? There's so many field, so many weeds in this field. And they said, well, Joe, an, an unmaintained field will become useless. You see, even if it's maintained, it becomes manageable. Now, there was probably no way that we were going to be able to get rid of all the weeds, but we could maintain it. It became manageable, which meant it was still useful. But I believe that God doesn't even want us to stop there in a maintenance mode. He wants the stuff that shouldn't be there to be uprooted. Have a think about this. If your fruit is starting to fall, that's the first sign to watch out for. Because it means that there's something going on in the roots that you don't want going on. It's never the first thing that makes us give up. It's the last thing. It's like hunger. It's the first sign of starvation kicking in. So we have to give attention to where we are planted and what we are planted in. We have to be planted. You know, farmers don't look for anything else other than good soil and water and good feed because that's what they care about. We need to be focused on the source of life. Don't get focused on the fruit. 
focus on the root. So when you spend time in the dirt doing the dirty work, the fruit will take care of itself. So you get the fruits from the roots being right. Ask yourself, what are you feeding on? What nutrients are you putting into your life? Halfway through this year, are you providing for yourself? Are you providing for your family what they really need, what you really need? Or have you slipped into a slipstream of what life throws at you? You see, the roots aren't beautiful. They're not the nice part of the tree. They're not the nice part. I mean, nobody plants a tree upside down and goes, dang, I have beautiful roots. No, that's weird. Everyone plants a tree with the roots down so you can see the beautiful leaves or the flowers or the fruit, the foliage, whatever it is. They're not pleasant, they're not seen, but they are an unseen necessity in our life to make sure that what we have as a source of life, we are able to suck out the right nutrients to do what you and I have been called to do. You know, the fruit part is the pretty part, it's shiny, it's desirable. But can I tell you that you'll get that by default if you spend time working in your roots. Instead of the world, let's get stuck into the Word. Remain in Jesus. Amen? Amen. Well, what's the best way to do this? Spend time with the gardener. Have a think about this. Who threw the seed? In the parable of the sower, who threw the seed? You know, it's, a, it's an important parable because it's brought up in three of the Gospels. Three Gospels recorded it. And Jesus used it as a story to explain a truth. But in that story, who threw the seed? The gardener. The gardener threw the seed. The father threw the seed. And you know what I love about it? Is that he threw it on all four types of soil. The father is the gardener, the worker. Georgas, from its Greek word. Georgas. You even got to roll the R. I'm sure the uh, South Africans among us could do that a lot better than I could. Georgas. Something like that. You know, it actually stems from two deeper Greek words. And I love that. Even in this, that there is not just depth, but depth upon depth. It means the Greek word farmer. And that word is made up of two words. Earth, soil and work. This is the land worker. The earth is the Lord's, but it yields no fruit if he doesn't tend to it. God has invested interest in it all. God has invested interest in you. He has invested interest in me. For the vine, for the branches, for every part of it, God is invested in it. He has planted it. He has watered it. And the Bible says it is God that brings the increase. You and I, we're a part of the planting. You and I, we're a part of the watering. But it is God that brings the increase. So let's not get distracted on doing what God is meant to do. Let's stay focused on doing what you and I are meant to do, not just for ourselves, but for others. Can I tell you this morning, the church cannot fail. Because if God is the gardener and the vine is Christ then the church cannot fail. You are a part of something that is growing and it's going to keep on growing until Jesus returns. Don't let anyone tell you anything differently because God is good. He's watchful. He's careful. 
He's always tending, often in the unseen. So spend time with the gardener. Luke chapter 9, Jesus said to the crowd, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross daily and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. What do you benefit if you gain the whole world, but are yourself lost or destroyed? Can I get the band to come back up, please? We've got to spend time with the gardener. And we've got to spend time with the gardener daily. Everything needs maintenance. Everything. Your car, your plants, your home, your friendships, your relationships, your family. Everything needs maintenance. Daily coming into the Word of God, daily spending time with the Father. A verse here, a chapter there, a passage, meditating on it, chewing on it, putting into your life the stuff that is going to help you. When you walk into a circumstance or a situation that becomes challenging, you're going to be able to draw from the source of life a word that you're going to be able to cut through that circumstance and see something shift in that moment so that you are able to do what God has called you to do. You are able to draw from the source of life. Spend time in the Word, get a fresh Word, get a daily Word, get something to encourage you by. Do whatever you need to do to spend time daily. If you don't maintain it, it'll start to grow wild or it'll go awry. But when you spend time in the Word daily, when you spend time with your Father daily, you are able to draw what you need to draw to do what you've been called to do. It's like in your vehicle when you don't fill it up. If you're like me, you like to fight to the last milliliter of, of, of liquid. <laughs> that light's been on for a while. I'll make it. <laughs> I've only run out a few once in my life. It wasn't even my car. <laughs> <laughs> Hendrico Blackie gave me his car to borrow. He's like, you'll make it. I didn't make it. <laughs> I had to be picked up. I have like jerked my way into a petrol station once or twice. But you know what? It, it, when you're running on empty, it, it, it makes you uncomfortable. You don't have confidence that you're going to make it. And don't you just start to get a little bit anxious? Come on, don't you start just get a little bit unsure. Or oh, maybe I should have. And, and you try and hide it from Yovana so she can't see the, the lit up fuel light. Because <laughs> I know I can handle that. I've got the 50 kilometers that it says I do. And then there's a reserve. And I've used that reserve once or twice. I know how far that reserve can take me. But it doesn't give me confidence that I could go on a long journey. And when you don't have enough fuel, you think, oh, maybe I'll, maybe I'll stop here. Maybe I'll stop there. And instead of reaching the destination, we veer off. And we start to settle or we think, oh, well, this is good enough. I've made it this far. Well, church, God doesn't want you to make it this far. He wants you to make it all the way to eternity. God doesn't want you to just have just enough. 
Jesus said, the thief has come to rob, steal, kill and destroy, but I have come that they may have life and have it in abundance. That is what Jesus wants for you and I. It's His desire for you and I. Why? Not so that you can have lots of stuff. So that you and I can be blessed to be a blessing. So that you and I can have more than enough so that you and I aren't in lack and constantly worrying about what we're going to have for today and whether we've got enough even just for tomorrow. But God doesn't want you focused on you and what it's going to take to get you through. God is way bigger than that. God wants you and I to live in the abundance so that you don't get focused on what's going on around here and there. You can stay focused on the mission at task. More than enough for you, more than enough for those around you. Blessed to be a blessing. Come on, the purpose of the fruit is to see the kingdom grow. In the parable of the sower, which we find in Matthew 13, Mark 4 and Luke 8, denoting the paramount importance We see four types of soil that receives a seed. So how is your soil? Number one, is it hard? Maybe unanswered prayers. Number two, is it shallow? No depth of intimacy from time with the gardener. You know, he can't till the ground if you don't allow him in. Number three, is it messy, oversaturated with weeds, consumed by the issues of this world or is it number four is it good and ready to receive well if you've got number four don't sit on it don't let something else start to grow there that shouldn't or you'll be back to the previous step God doesn't want you to go backwards he wants us to move forwards you know every time that the enemy tempts me with going back to do what I used to do which by the way he hasn't tempted me with that one in quite a long time I think he's given up on that one he's tempted me with other things every time I got tempted to go back Holy Spirit would say, Joe, Joe, you want to go backwards, do you? I didn't like that. Because I don't want to go backwards. I want to go forwards. But it revealed to me that there was a fight going on. You know, one of the things I love about this story, I said it before, that regardless of the soil, God gave seed to it all. Church, everyone gets a chance. No matter the soil, the farmer is casting out that seed. Come on, it's up to you and I to get that soil ready. Come on, why don't you stand to your feet this morning? We're going to worship Him in a moment. I'm going to open up the altar. I encourage you, maybe you need prayer for something today. Maybe your soil isn't the soil that you want it to be. I want to encourage you, come and get a fresh word from God. Maybe there's something in your life that needs to be turned over because it's got a little bit hard. Can I encourage you to allow God to touch that, to water it? to dig in, to cut away what shouldn't be there, to uproot what should not be there and to start to soften your heart again, soften your heart toward Him. Maybe there's some stuff in there that's growing up all around the good stuff. Well, I encourage you, let God do some weeding today. Maybe it's that you need to take a stand today and you know what, you know, I, I, think, I've, I think I've lost a bit of my depth. Encourage you that intimacy with the Father gives God the time that He so desires with you to turn it all over, to purify it, to water it, to fertilize it, to get it ready so that you are able to produce what you can produce. It's already there. That seed has been thrown in your soil, it can be made ready. 
And your father, the gardener, the land worker, he is here and he wants to do it. Let's just worship Him for a moment.